Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Israel Moreira, who is the co-CEO of Dope, which is spelled D-O-U-G-H-P. Uh, you can learn more about him and his company at dope.com. Israel, welcome to the show. Hey, that was a perfect pronunciation of my last name. Love it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you are welcome. I try my best. You know, they. I heard somewhere that the uh, prettiest sound that anyone can ever hear is their name. So it's very important for me to always make sure I get people's name right. That is so true. That's so true. It's actually very important for networking and introductions. Most people just take it for granted and they think, oh yeah, whatever their name, then they forget it. And the worst thing in life is for you to meet one person in a networking event and then the second time you meet that person, you don't remember their name. That's awful. Yeah. 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 It's it's very awful for sure. Um, well, cool. <laughs> well, uh, Israel, i uh, really excited to chat with you today. Uh, first of all, I really like your company name, Dope, which is like pronounced <laughs> like that's dope, but it's spelled the way it is, D-O-U-G-H-P. So tell us a little bit about what your company is about. And uh, I think the name, Let, let's talk about the name, first of all. How did this name come about? Because I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's Dope. Um, the company was founded by my wife, Kelsey, in 2017. So mm -hmm. she was working for Intel back in the day for about 10 years. She was taking a sabbatical and she had already become sober. So she had mm. some issues with alcohol. She became sober. And while sober, she rediscovered her passion for baking and mm. making desserts. And she's just this dessert lover. And she thought, well, I might as well just make some cookie dough. I love cookie dough. And back in the day, she was a vegan, but she says it herself, she was a shitty vegan. So she was <laughs> using butter. Excuse <laughs> my language there, but it's her words. Um, and so she was using butter and she came up with this recipe of edible cookie dough that was safe to eat. So mm -hmm. she didn't use any eggs. There was no salmonella risk and or whatsoever. And in her first day, she went to Dolores Park with just this cart of cookie dough and she sold out in three hours. Basically. Wow. Mm. And so she was like, well, I got something really cool here. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And then the name of the company came by her creativity. She's a, a marketing guru, as her I call her. Yeah. Um, and then she started really, really fast. So she started with this um, kiosk in, on Market Street in San Francisco. Um Right after she started with this Pier 39 store and expanded into Oracle Park with a kiosk there. Mm -hmm. And then in 2019, she opened a store at the Las Vegas Strip. Mm -hmm. And back in 2019, I still wasn't in the company. My story was a little parallel to that. Mm -hmm. um, but she was growing really big in the brick and mortar space. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward to end of 2019, we had already become married couple. We we met in the co-working space that we used to work in in San Aww, Francisco. Cute. That was an interesting story. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, um, I was the cute printer boy, as she used to call me <laughs> to her staff. Um, anyway, we, we got married in 2019. And at the end of 2019, we had moved to Vegas because we couldn't make it work in the Pier 39 store. So that mm -hmm. store had already been shut. Um and in the end of 2019, when I joined her, the first thing for me, and I'll tell a little bit more about my background, but I'm a very rational person. And so mm. the first thing I said was, okay, you're very um, 
not exposed, but you're very dependent on the brick and mortar channel. So we got to find a better solution. Let's find some other channel that we can expand into. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a crystal ball, but I said, well, e-commerce sounds promising. We should probably start something there. And so yeah. we started in e-commerce and in 2020, most of our revenue came from the e-commerce uh, side of the business. We also closed the Las Vegas Strip store because of uh, very low foot traffic after the pandemic, unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, serendipitously timing for the e-commerce business and everything went according to plan. Wow. Um, you sure you didn't have a crystal ball? Because <laughs> that, that <laughs> yeah. is just perfect timing, Israel, like to just make that suggestion to her, like, hey, you can't always depend on these brick and mortar businesses. And then bam, like the pandemic has happened. Um, so you, I imagine you have already had your systems in place um, so that once the pandemic hit, it was like e-commerce, just you were just able to ride that wave, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. We already had our... Um e-commerce uh, point of sale set up. We already had a marketing engine going on on the e-commerce side. So yes, we were, we were ready to go. And back then we were still using um, part the storefront and part another location to fulfill the order. So we were using the same staff. Um, they were getting more hours for that, uh, but we were using the same kind of resources that we had for the storefront to fulfill mm-hmm. the e-commerce orders until we got to the point that it was just like, I wasn't sleeping. Basically, mm-hmm. I was overseeing the graveyard shifts. Um, wow. And so we decided to hire um, dedicated staff for the e-commerce side. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's really incredible. Um, I mean, how does it, I mean, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate, like what had happened in 2020 and like how a lot of uh, businesses had shut down a lot of brick and mortar. Um, I mean, how does that look like today? Are you even still in any brick and mortars? No, we're completely out of the brick and mortar business. Um, it, to me, it, it just does not make sense. Unfortunately, yeah. um, you, in brick and mortar, you're very limited in foot traffic, right? Think mm-hmm. about the comparison between a brick and mortar store and an e-commerce store. On e-commerce, your foot traffic is how many people you bring to your website. And that right. does not depend on a physical location. That does not depend on a family going out on a Saturday and going to that specific mall where your shop is located. Right. And so the, the possibilities are very different between the e-commerce and brick and mortar. So we're fully out of brick and mortar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, since you've transitioned online, I'm curious to know if, uh, you know, if you know, like the type of demographic that, you know, loves to be your customer. Yeah, for sure. Um, we, okay. This is going to be a little surprising. Maybe it was Mm -hmm. surprising to me, but one of our major groups that consume our product is parents between 25 and 35 male. Wow. Kids usually. Wow, so this, I'm processing that. <laughs> this this was really surprising to me. I mean, we obviously have a lot of data coming in from our um, e-commerce engines. Yeah. But this was really surprising to me, and it seems like it's a hit. Um, and the hypothesis here is that maybe the guys don't really care too much about their, their body shape, and they just indulge a little more. Yeah. And we don't have any healthy claims. We, we sell something indulgent, right? We sell something mm-hmm. that's really good for your mental health, basically. Mm. it's obviously not for you to consume every single day, every single hour, but um, it's something really good for you to treat yourself. And that's what we sell. Uh, I like to joke that, um, you know, there's types of foods that you eat that are good for your health and then also good for your soul. And so the things that are good for your soul are like (laughs) cooking. Right. (laughs) Exactly. 
<laughs> yeah. So I was like, it's good for my soul. It's feeding my soul. Like I'm feeling great right now. <laughs> no, and, and I mean, it's part of the same body, right? You have your physical body and you have your soul. Feed your soul as well. Otherwise it will die. Not good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very true. Very true. Um, I think it's quite astounding that uh, you, your company today uh, ships nationwide. Um, how was, how was, I guess, kind of putting that together? How was that process like? And I, I'm asking this for, you know, listeners who who do want to move to the e-commerce space. Right. Um, well, we manufacture our product ourselves, as in we do have a co-manufacturer hired mm-hmm to manufacture the product to us. But initially we started by doing the product ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we had the storefront, we had our own mixers, um, all the um, assets were ours, so to speak. Um, Now we have a co-manufacturer. That's the first part of the engine. Then you also have a fulfillment center in our case. And this fulfillment center ships nationwide. Mm -hmm. So there's a fine line between you having just one fulfillment center and shipping nationwide versus spreading out your product in multiple warehouses. And there's pros and cons to Mm -hmm. um, both scenarios, but we decided uh, for just one fulfillment center because uh, it's easier for you to control the situation that your product is in at all times. And especially for us, uh, we sell something that's perishable. So it's right. super important for us to be sure that the product is kept at the, the right temperature and, and um, handled by the right people at the right time with the right health procedures and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for us to centralize. Um, but there's also the other side of the equation. Like if you ship something that is not refrigerated, that could be kept in dry warehouses, for example, and you want to spread out your warehouse reach, and you can get two or three warehouses so you can um, reach um, domestic or um, your end consumers easily via ground. In mm-hmm. our case, we can't ship ground because we mm-hmm. just ship from one location. And so that involves a big negotiation with less mile carriers and the discussion of like, okay, this is going to be our volume. What can you do on the rates for this volume nationwide? Mm-hmm. So it was very complicated. And I mean, right now I know all of this, but a year ago I knew nothing of this. So yeah. I think the good news is that yes, it's complicated, but you can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I imagine uh, with cookie dough, something that's perishable, uh, it should be in a controlled setting uh, to maintain that quality of the product. And so, so I was just very curious about that because anything that gets um, mailed to my place that could be perishable, like frozen meat, for example, I'm always just curious, like, how did they, how did they like know how to do the fulfillment? How did they know like the warehouses or, you know, the farmers to talk to, to like, you know, collect all this frozen meat and then mail it to my front porch. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very interesting process because you have to really keep the supply chain entirely frozen mm-hmm. or refrigerated. In our case, it can just be refrigerated, but we keep it frozen because we want to keep the product fresh. Yeah. Um, so it's fully frozen and the product is safe for consumption at room temperature for two weeks. Mm. And so whenever we ship, we take it out from frozen. We put it in boxes with gel packs and insulators, and then we ship it to the house of our customers. And it's usually a two-day transit. So Mm -hmm. everything in the box engineering, so as in what's the thickness of the insulator, how many gel packs we use, where the gel packs are located in the box, uh, was designed to make sure that the temperature is controlled under the room temperature threshold for two days. So Mm -hmm. that's basically how it was engineered. Yeah. Well, kudos to you for mastering that. (laughs) Yeah. It it sounds like an art form. It's like, how do I sell perishable stuff uh, and get it sent in less than two days? (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. You know, uh, Israel, one thing I, I find uh, fascinating and admirable about your company is that you partner with mental health charities. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so since 2020, in the beginning of 2020, we partnered with a community counseling center for the entire year of 2020, which is a Las Vegas local um, organization. It's a nonprofit focused on providing uh, accessible mental health care for the ones in need in mm. the community here. And so since the inception of the program, we donated 1% of all of our sales. Mm -hmm. uh, so we donated to Community Counseling Center last year, and we donated. We are donating to She Recovers this year, which is another organization a little bigger with some more reach, um, but very focused on um, women in recovery. So mm -hmm. it's very focused in providing mental health um, resources and help and support for uh, women in recovery. And this all began with Kelsey's idea of giving back, right? So she herself is in recovery. Yeah. As I mentioned uh, on the sobriety. And so for her, it's super important to give back to the community. So ever since the beginning of Dope, she started the initiative Dope for Hope. That's mm. a dope for Hope. Really That's cool. cool. She's the marketing guru. I always say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's really cool. And it's really part of our DNA. Everything yeah. we do, we try to make as best as we can to give back to the community. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, why is she not part of this interview as well? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm happy to talk we to you. We can make well. another one with both of us, and then we can talk about how to work with your spouse, which is really good. <laughs> well, um, you know, let's go ahead and make that transition and and put our entrepreneur hats on, uh, because I, I think we talked very thoroughly about Dope already. But if there is anything else, let me know. Is there anything else you want people to know about your company, Dope? We ship nationwide. If you want to indulge and treat yourself, go to dope.com. We got Perfect. you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm going to like bookmark your website for later. I've been trying to find new things to indulge in. So I might definitely look into that. Um, but, uh, you know, as an entrepreneurial Israel, you already mentioned, you already hinted just now that, uh, it's interesting to work with your spouse. And I myself work with my husband, um, in our business, not what I'm doing here, but outside of this. And, uh, it's an interesting experience. So tell us, tell us maybe about your, uh, some techniques or tricks or uh, ways, strategies to be able to successfully work together as a couple. That's a very interesting topic, as you mentioned. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, hmm, let me think what is the best way to approach this, because there's many facets to it, mm -hmm. I think. So the first one is that we are really driven and really focused on the same objective, right? We're working within the same company. We both mm -hmm. are co-CEOs of the company. So um, it's really very clear for us. What's our objective? What are we doing with this company? We both are very into the mental health topic and giving back to the community. So that makes it easier, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. For starters, that makes it easier. Not many couples out there are super driven into the same objective and goals. Mm -hmm. And so that, that just for starters, just give us um, a head start. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, that being said, I think another thing that really helps us is that we're very good in very different areas, right? So mm. she's really good in marketing, business development, investor relationships, and whatnot. And I'm really good in finance and operations and legal, basically. So it's really stark how different we are. And that helps because we complement each other yeah. uh, in a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. So I think we're... Um, 
an exception to the rule. Like usually couples are not that different, but if they are, and if they're focused on the same objectives, it's going to be a breeze, really. It's really yeah. good. Um, regarding working as a couple, I think we do a pretty good job in keeping the relationship out of the workplace. Obviously, like when we're in this room, there's no relationship. We're just working. Mm. This is our company. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so the physical space is something I would highlight as well. So when you're working, try to keep working in the same room. So you keep all work matters in the same room. And now, especially in home office times, because you live in this house, right? We work in this house and we can't see many people during what's going on in the world now. And so it's really easy to let work matters bleed into your personal life. So we Mm -hmm. try to keep everything in this room. We obviously talk about work way more than we should in a in a personal setting. Mm -hmm. Um, But we, we do our best in trying to keep some dedicated time for ourselves. So the physical space is one thing I would highlight, but also trying to block some times that would be just for your personal relationship, right? You're just watching a movie and not talking about work or just go out on a hike. We live in Vegas, so we're very close to Red Rock Canyon, Mm. which is a great spot for hikes. Um, And so, yeah, I would highly recommend just block some time, especially if you can get it out of your house, out of the workspace and out of the general matters, just to reset and be close to your partner. Yeah. First of all, I really like that you two complement each other. So there's no like stepping on each other's toes in, in your roles. And then secondly, just the whole scheduling, like specific time for the personal side of your relationship. Um, that's definitely something that I could always work on <laughs> um, <laughs> with my husband only because he, he's like always on, you know, he's like the visionary of our business. So he's like always thinking ahead and whatever. And I'm just like, can we just watch this movie? Can we just watch, <laughs> like, can we just just for like once. Um, but you know, it's, it, it's fun. I think overall it is fun to know that like when you can, um, you know, look, do life with this person. I mean, actually, yeah, that's the most important thing. The fact that you get to do life with this person, not just for the personal aspect, but also the professional aspect. Yeah. And I think eventually everything just blends into just one thing, right? You're just mm-hmm. living life and life mm-hmm. is comprised of your personal and professional lives. Um, sometimes I just hear people saying like, Oh, what are you doing? Just, just for your personal life. And in the case of someone who owns their own business, everything just kind of blends in together. It's really hard to separate them. Um, But yeah, I think the the time blocks are really good. And also since we're talking about relationship tips and and tricks, one thing that we do that really helps is to have a check-in one day a week in which one person is going to talk for five minutes or 10 minutes without being interrupted. So they're going to say how the week went and how the relationship is going and how they're feeling about the relationship. If anything has to be changed or, you know, like that thing that you did on Monday that annoyed <laughs> me and I didn't say anything. Yeah. So I'm still annoyed by it. Like, can we change? <laughs> I love that. So yeah. it's, it's really helpful because it, it lowers the defenses um, mm. of the other partner, right? If you're criticizing something or the behavior behaviors of your partner, sometimes your partner is going to raise the defenses and then it's going to be that match of like, Oh no, but I didn't do this. And then you're like, well, you actually did. And I'm really annoyed (laughs) and and nothing's going to happen. So when you have this um, kind of protected time um, to talk about your feelings and how you're doing. um, And then the second step, when the other person paraphrases what you're saying to really say like, okay, I understood what you're saying. I know how you're feeling. That's the best thing. That's Mm. just 
okay. Game changer for relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, couples counseling works for us <laughs> just because it's great yeah. to have that mediator. Um, yeah. kind of like a coach, a coach that's on both of our sides. So I, I highly encourage that for people for talking about mental health here. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for sharing a couple of those tips there for relationships. I know we probably weren't planning on going in that direction, but I'm sure glad we did. Um, <laughs> But other than that, Israel, I do have another note here that I think um, is, is important that you may want to share with our listeners. Um, one of the advice you want to share is you're going to find a way, whatever you put out, you're going to get. Um, do you want to elaborate more on that? Or if you remember uh, saying that in the pre-interview? Yeah, for sure. Um, I do really live by those words because mm. everything I do is focused on an objective and a reason why I want to get there. And I never failed when I had all these things together. Mm. I failed many times in my life. Don't get me wrong. But every time I failed, I didn't get an objective and a reason to be there. Mm -hmm. If I get these things together and I go forward, I'll get it. Mm -hmm. So one example of this is when I decided, okay, I'm tired of living in Brazil. I, I'm born and raised in Brazil, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, but okay, I'm tired of living in Brazil. Um, I love the United States. I would love to live there for a while. And raise my kids there because I feel like the, the situation in Brazil is not getting any better anytime mm -hmm. soon. And education is not good. And security, like public safety, public mm -hmm. health is not good. So I do not want to raise my kids here. I'm going to the United States. So I had an objective and I had a very specific reason why I wanted that to happen. And so in two years, I had everything that I owned in Brazil sold. And I was coming to the United States to study and stay. Um Basically, you put it out to the universe, you're going to get it, but you yeah. need to be very specific about why you're getting it. Yeah, well, that's powerful. Um, now I have to tell my husband that we probably shouldn't go to Brazil because if you left for, for certain reasons, I'd be like, uh, I just, I just heard about this, yeah. honey. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to expand on that to your husband <laughs> if, if we ever talk about that. But yeah, I mean, living in Brazil is not great. But mm -hmm. being in Brazil for vacation is incredible. Mm -hmm. So those are very different things. And I don't think you're planning on living there. Yeah, no, no. We're actually like looking into Mexico if anything happens. But anyway, that's a conversation for another time. Um, <laughs> Israel, it's, it's been such a pleasure having you on our show today here at the Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Uh, let me know any closing thoughts before we go. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I think my closing thought is go after what you want. You know, you, mm. you got to do it. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. uh, when we started this e-commerce business, we had no idea of the amount of success we were going to have, but we had one thing in mind and it was, we're not going to fail. Mm. I like that. And if you don't quit, you don't fail. Um, awesome. Israel, it's been such a pleasure again. Thanks again for joining us. Likewise. Thank you so much. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Israel Moreira. He is a co-CEO um, at Dope, which is spelled D-O-U-G-H-P. And you can learn more about him and his company and get yourself some cookie dough at dope.com. Thank you all so much for joining us. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com dot com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, 
Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.